0: Hello everybody, that was Jeff Pitchell's Fat Cigar you've been listening to, and that means it's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke. Be sure to subscribe to us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Google, basically wherever you get your podcast from, so you make sure you don't ever miss a thing i'm pastor Padron, and i'm here with my regular cadre of co-hosts paul nick dave we've got Bree from the 724 lounge with us and very special guest orlando cabrera is with us on the show tonight
1: and we are wicked wicked excited about that how you, How you doing orlando good thank you dan and uh very, very excited to be here with you guys. Uh, well, we'll see if you very still excited. feel that way after the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We are
0: going to be smoking a uh, cigar that I know Orlando likes a lot, and that is the Camacho Liberty 2012 Throwback. This was the annual Liberty cigar release that came out last year, 2019. It was the 17th in a series that uh, Camacho has been doing. Every year they do a Liberty cigar Only 2,500 boxes were made. It is a uh, Honduran Puro, and it is a figurado. It's an 11 by 18 size, and um, it's 6 by 48 at the top, 54 in the middle, and then 48 on the uh, lower end. And uh, so it's almost like a little uh, bullet or submarine or Elmer Fudd kind of looking cigar. And we are smoking uh, uh LaFroig 10-year cask strength scotch with this. Bree, can you tell us a little bit about the Ooh, scotch yeah. here? Do we so drinking so with good. this? This
2: scotch, just like a lot of the other... Um the is, is from Isle, Scotland, mm-hmm. the same as London mm, um, Woolen. interesting to note it's castrate, so like a lot of peat comes through and it's recommended that you add um, about twice as much water as whiskey because oh, yeah. it's gonna bring out some more of those flavors. It's um this 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 kind of like put Nick on edge because <laughs> you know,
3: I wouldn't say a manly man, but... No, no. I know how to sharpen... He's, how to he's sharp- straight more. up. Look, Look, I don't know about a manly man, but I know how to sharpen my own axe. So, by hand. So, I... You know, you know. It's what I can do. But I like stronger scotches. A manly man, I guess. You know, I'm in, I'm in the lower rankings of, of that. I cannot say that I can survive on my own... <laughs> but uh, That's I like strong Dave. stuff. Dave
0: though. is half man that Nick is, <laughs> but I <laughs> like stronger stuff.
3: When I drink yeah. All yeah, all the all the time, when I glass. go out, uh, yeah, exactly. my daily is Booker's Bourbon, which is 128, any anywhere from 128 to 132 proof. Um, so the stronger stuff has always been in my wheelhouse. And this, when they said, "Okay, well, Nick, <laughs> you need to cut it," I was like, "Oh God!" So. I guess the recommendation that Bree told me was taking three caps of water yep. to put in there to cut it. I only put one, and that was hurtful for me. And I, you, I wanted. Did you notice
0: full... a difference though? Is it opening it up some? A little bit. Or do you feel like it just kind of was a waste of time?
3: Well, guess like I, no, I don't look. I don't think it's a waste of time. But for me, it's. I don't want to water. It's not it a waste down. of
0: time, but for me, it really, it is. may a
3: little bit. But you
0: know, I just
3: I <laughs> look. I want it to calm down a little bit, but I don't want to put so much water in there where it's going to completely take away the smokiness, the the strength of it, because for me, how I look at that, that's just kind of slowing me down and
4: making me enjoy it a little bit more. So you know that's we well, well, just... we we know you love peat in Ooh, your scotch I do. and and I don't mind a little bit but I got to tell you this was one funky smoky beast yeah <laughs> of of a, oh gosh, of, a, of a of a of a peated scotch I mean it really took me over the edge so I mean I'm glad Bree made the suggestion of putting a couple of capfuls of water cuz it did open it right up it's mm. a lot more palatable for me I'm not a big peat scotch lover but this is now this is really really good yeah. now. Yeah.
5: I think it's a little better.
4: Yeah, it is. It really opens it up. You know, you can taste you can taste the peat but it's You're not overpowering. <laughs> it was literally coming out of my nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: like, they do think it's supposed to kind of like bring out the feeling of the ocean. Mm-hmm.
6: The feeling
3: you can get of a, the ocean. You can get, I think the oh, only yes, thing that you can yes. that, that, that I can get by cutting it. it is getting <laughs> a little bit more salty in there. From when I had it before, because I sipped it when Brie gave it to me, without me cutting it, and there was no salt. Now with the water in there, you can get a little bit more of that salt with the peatiness, a little bit more of the oaky and everything. So it was, it was, it was good, Bree. It was good suggestion. What do you think, Orlando?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big drinker, but um, I, uh, growing up in Colombia, that's what everybody drinks is some some type of whiskey or scotch. Scratch. Okay. Yeah. So, I wasn't. I was not a drinker those days. So, but I can tell you, I can, I can taste a pee, I can taste a <laughs> lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, it, it is just to put it in word, a couple of words. It's super strong. Mm. Yeah, unbelievable.
4: Yeah, it really is.
1: Before
0: we get into some
1: talk with Orlando
0: about uh, who he is and what he's doing and and uh, why he spends so much time here at Twins with Sean. <laughs> um, let's. What are our initial impressions on the cigar and the pairing? And we can just go around. We'll start with Nick and just
3: kind of go around this way. Yeah. Um, with the cigar, with the Scotch. Yes. Um, <laughs> i getting there. Give me a chance. Um, some spice, some sweetness, earthy notes. Are you
0: talking about the Scotch or the cigar? The cigar.
3: Okay. Um, some earthy notes, a little woody in there. Um, incredibly smooth. Got some nice spice on the retro hail. Um, really nothing else. It's not... And again, with a figurado shape, you're going to have more intense flavor at the beginning. And then you can come back to me in the middle of the cigar and see how it goes. to See if it changes.
1: Maybe. Well, yeah. Well, for me, uh, I don't taste much of the spiciness or the pepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's probably because of the scotch mm-hmm. uh, but uh, for corojo is super super mellow i mm. uh I taste a lot of uh toffee in there uh, and this cigar uh, i hope it's uh it's keep getting with the balance of uh of the caramel too mm. in there.
7: Mm.
4: what do you think paul uh definitely pick up the uh the cedar and earth a uh, little bit of spice the drink uh, has taken away the the cedar in the cigar and brought out a lot more of the spice and earth and, and, and woody characters of it. The retrohale initially was a, almost like a little bit of a sharp pepper. Now it's a nice, rich spice. Mm. So it, it, I think it's a great compliment at really doing it specifically since we watered <laughs> it down a little bit. <laughs> it really is. Because it was, I will say, that was a heck of a... Uh, cast strength. Oh, yeah. That pee was really, really strong. You just
1: take a shot. All of us. I'm down for that. down for that.
3: down. We can definitely well,
0: go- do that. I've never added that much water to a scotch before. I've added drops before, <laughs> you know, um, to open it up. And typically, what I would do is I'd put a little ice cube in there and just kind of slowly let it mellow like that. But, um, it really was amazing to me how much it really opened up oh, yeah. uh, the flavors uh, in the scotch by adding the water. I put three capfuls in, and um, it's, believe me, I don't taste water. Yeah. <laughs> this is not watered-down <laughs> stuff. Uh, even though it's watered-down, it's, it's, you can really taste. But it really did kind of bring out a lot of the, the more subtle flavors that are in there. And uh, kind of in agreement with Paul, I think that uh, uh, the woody, earthy notes of the cigar are really enhanced by um, the scotch. The peatiness really brings that out. Um, There's also that the saltiness of the scotch and the sweetness of the Honduran tobacco gets this great salty, sour, um, uh, salty, sweet, excuse me, kind of flavor going on. So I knew that was coming. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I, I'm really I'm really enjoying it. It's actually helping me to enjoy the cigar I think a little mm-hmm. bit more than oh, on yeah. its own yep. which is what you want a good pairing to do. A good pairing should you know enhance what you're doing so that the the combination of the two is better than each on its own. What do you think dave
5: well, the the sea salt that I'm getting from the drink is sea uh, salt. Um, Can you
0: tell what sea it's from?
5: <laughs>
3: I think it's the Baltic. Baltic. Is it the Baltic? Oh, it the, um,
0: Mediterranean? Mediterranean. Like, uh, dead Sea salt. Yeah.
1: <laughs> some Come place on. in the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> <Yeah>. Somewhere <laughs> out there. Somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. sea salt. Some, somewhere by the Mariana Trench. It's Dead Sea Salt Daniel. <laughs> you have yeah. there. there we go. Dead, dead
5: sea salt. salt. The uh, um, getting some a little game bit of game cedar, game some leather and earth, but um, I I feel like I'm also getting a little bit of cocoa.
0: You feel it. like you're getting a little bit of yeah, cocoa, I or you are I'm,
5: getting a little I bit of cocoa? I feel like I'm getting a little bit of cocoa.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you're I'm so getting. in touch with your feelings, <laughs> <Yeah>. Dave. <laughs> Bree, do you have anything intelligent to add to our unintelligent love? I love, love these podcasts. <laughs> here, here we go. I want to hear how this reminds you of your grandfather's out. cabin love in the woods. You're going to break into song and dance for us.
2: a new word here. I think that this is a
7: Whoa. Ooh, that
3: that's very unintelligent she said of the you. the J word.
7: Juicy
2: because, <laughs> so, smoking the cigar off the bat, um, I was kind of expecting it to be a little bit harsh. Um, it, it, mm. And, like, it was good. It was definitely bolder. Um, but since sipping it with the scotch, the combination of the two um, almost, like, makes you salivate. It kind mm. of, like, plays with your taste buds in a way that complements very well. And I think that the cut of the water underneath it Mellowed mm-hmm. out both the cigar and the scotch, but since there's still like all of the flavor and all of the peat in the scotch, you're not bored with the pairing. There's still like a significant amount of flavor. You're still getting a little bit of the smoke, a little bit of the peat. You're still getting, um, there, there's no like parched dryness in your throat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still very satisfying.
0: I don't think I could add anything to that. <laughs> nope. That's freaking awesome. That's why we have Brie here. Totally awesome, um, Orlando. Now I want to ask you something. How I know that that you came into the U.S. on a basketball scholarship? You did. Full ride basketball scholarship. How did you transition Woo! from Woo!
1: basketball to baseball? Well, I, correction in the adding. Came to United States with a basketball scholarship. I had the basketball scholarship the year before. Oh, the year before. Um, so what happened was, uh, as a kid, I was always playing the two sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but my father was a, was was always involved in baseball. My father was a first scout uh, out of Columbia. Okay, uh, working for the uh, for the Mariners, Seattle Mariners back in the eighties. And, um, but I was always playing baseball and as a really, really young age, I think I was like maybe 11, 10, 11, uh, we won a a championship. (laughs) And in Cartagena, we won uh, this Little League championship and from there, I won a scholarship to go to a private school, Okay. you know, just like a Phillips or something like that.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: See if you going to compare it. And uh, super expensive. So when I was playing the baseball, the basketball coach needed a player. So I stopped playing basketball at the same time and, uh, you know, picked it up really fast. By the time I was 13, 14, I was the point guard for every single team in my state.
0: Wow. Every single team Every in single, your
1: state, in the state, in so, the state, in the state. So I was going, you know, I was going to all the tournaments and, and basketball, but my father never, because he's he was traveling so much, he never saw me playing basketball. Mm. Um, and it wasn't a big deal. It was mm-hmm. always baseball. Mm-hmm. And so it comes to a time where, like, my coach was coming to to uh, to all the uh, Bobby Knight's um, uh, summer camps. Mm-hmm. And doing that stuff, you know, he made a lot of connections. By the time I was 16, 17, I was Colombian team basketball. Right. point guard. They came down, and we had a tournament, and uh, they saw me playing. I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. I was only 16. By the time I was 17, I was trying to sign professional baseball. Okay. Um, I graduated high school uh, by, the end, uh, by the time I was uh, turning 17. And these people came to our house. With the coach and and so my father was like super happy because my father was like oh my god he's gonna sign so the guy said well yeah we, we want him to come to miami and my father's like miami what he goes miami university he goes what to play baseball he goes no no no, basketball he goes no 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 you got the wrong sport he doesn't play <laughs> basketball and i was like that i play basketball I've been playing basketball. He goes, no, 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 no. That's just a joke. You were baseball. Oh, <laughs> man. I didn't I, I didn't know any English mm. at all. And so, you know, very scared. Of my my mom was super scared. My mom didn't know anything about basketball either. Uh, they didn't think it was that big, uh, big of a deal. Yeah. So we ended up saying no to the to a scholarship. I went to college in Columbia, and uh, the next year, uh, for fishing engineering. Mm-hmm. And when I was in school, one of the uh, scouts from, from the uh, Montreal Expos uh, was going to, to, to the college for something. I, I forgot what it was, but he saw me in class. Okay. And he was like, what are you doing here? i tell you in Miami. He goes, no, 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 I'm here. It's like, no, over. Give me a week. So in a week, they call, they send a contract. They talked to my father, and he said, of course, say yes, because it's baseball. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to the Dominican Republic to play my first year. Uh, that was in 1993. Mm. So the scholarship was 1992. This mm-hmm. was 1993 when I signed professional baseball player. And right. then I came in 1994, Okay. The United States. All right. And then
0: you, you hop all over the place. You end up in 2004 on the Red Sox, halfway through the season, right? Yep. Last two months. Last two months, you do this kick-butt performance. Thanks. And, yeah. <laughs> and and they win the World Series and everything. And so I'm okay. going to do this right at the outset. So we get it all out. The a Red Sox nation. They all know I asked the question. Now we can actually get to the good stuff. Why would you leave the Red Sox after such a high two-month experience
1: there? I probably <laughs> answer this question probably uh, maybe five times a year.
0: Yeah, 500 million times a year, yeah. No, 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 five times. Five times. Every times. year,
1: five times. Okay. Uh, yeah. Five, six times. Um, but it's simple. Uh, so if you see the way I was signed, then went to Montreal, uh, Montreal was a city with, or a team that we didn't even have TV mm-hmm. deals. Yeah. So our games were not on TV. Mm. So I was really playing in a little hole for six years. Mm. So by the time I got traded, I came here, people didn't even know that I was a free agent in the end. Right, right. But right. I was already have six years in the buildings. Mm. Uh I was the fifth highest pay player mm. in that team in mm. all four. People don't know oh. that, but I was. Mm. Uh, and i was i was going to be a free agent that was my first time uh as a free agent i was offered a contract right. before i got traded uh in montreal for 4 years and a bunch of money and i and i turned it down I said no i don't i want to know where we're going and i, I want to know what we're going to do those in those days montreal they were going to sell the team to mlb they were going to move to mm. vegas to mm-hmm. you know bunch of places and i didn't want to sign a, pl- a contract to tell me what I, you know, we didn't know where we we're going. Yeah. So I got traded and uh, we won. And it's funny because a couple of weeks before the season was over, the regular season was over, some of the players came to me. And, and they were asking me, It's was like, hey, what's up? What do, what do, we, what do we need <laughs> to do for you to stay? Yeah. And I said, hey, I just want a commitment. I want to make a commitment to this team i want somebody to make a commitment with me and and just by principle they didn't want to make a commitment they told me that the philosophy in those years was to sign people for two years uh and if you see the lineup that year almost everybody was signed up to, for two years mm. it was only a couple of players pedro maybe uh manny mm-hmm. um uh, court Schilling had a different contracts but everyone else was signed for two years even Big Poppy was signed for two years mm. so I said no I, I, this is my only chance to be a free agent I want to stay for longer I don't want to be every two years trying to get a contract right so we parted ways and I, I was a free agent and I was uh, you know they, were, they, was, they would say they were looking for more offense out of that position mm-hmm. and uh, I think you know, if I was the GM, I would have picked Renteria too. He was a better uh, uh, offensive player in that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the reason I didn't. I didn't come back. All right. So now
0: that everyone's happy, now you all know. Right. And yeah, I
1: was greedy. I was greedy. Yeah, yeah. 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 I
0: want more money. <laughs> oh, take the money and run. Yep, yep. <laughs> like the song says. All right. And um, in, in you're. How long were you uh, in the MLB? Uh,
1: Fifteen years. 15 years.
3: Wow.
0: Now, it's in that career. time, who was the pitcher you feared facing
1: the most? <laughs> well, I am not I'm not alone in this one. I think uh, 95% of the people that faced this guy <laughs> and don't like guys, you know you guys were afraid too. It's, it's Pedro Martinez. Pedro by Martinez. By far. Mm. By far, Pedro got that uh, characteristic of bring, bringing that intimidation in the mouth. Even though he was only 5'10", he can, like, intimidate you. How did he do that? Intensity. Mm-hmm. Concentration. And, you know, if, if you see Pedro, when Pedro was not pitching, Mm-hmm. Pedro was, like, yoking around all the time, yeah. playing with everybody. When that guy was pitching, he didn't know anybody. <laughs> he didn't know anybody. He, he, like, you talk to him, and he probably, you, hey, Pedro, how you doing? You good? He probably didn't even answer. Mm-hmm. He was just so into that game mm. that when he was pitching, he, you know, my first ride when I came out to the big leagues, Pedro was in that team. Mm-hmm. and Montreal. Right. And he was the first guy to give me a ride to the stadium. He was talking to me and this and that. When I was facing him when he was in, with the, uh, with Boston, I was facing him from Montreal. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know who I was. <laughs> he he didn't care. He was just like, get out of my way. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that intensity is just, is, is, is rare. You don't yeah. see that often mm-hmm. on a pitcher. Now,
0: how long has it been since you've been out of the MLB now? 2011 was my 2011. last 2011. All right. Yeah. So it's been, been a few years. Now, looking back on it, you know, when you were, when you were in there, when you were, you know, for those 15 years, what, <laughs> what was the thing about the game or, you know, the life is more what I'm talking about that really frustrated you the most? What was What's the thing that really you know made
1: baseball tough for you? I have to say family. Um, mm. You know, I didn't have the chance to really be with my kids, my mm. first marriage. With my kids, I was always traveling. They were always in Colombia, in Montreal. I was traveling everywhere. Or they have to be traveling somewhere with me. It makes it really, really tough. Yeah. Because, I mean, think about it. We I was living... It was almost like a, de- not a I don't want to say deployment because it was not a deployment, but it was almost like you come in here for eight nine months, uh, and remember, it's it no cell phones, right? So it's not like that like you can just call or FaceTime or all that stuff that they can do right now, mm-hmm. uh, nowadays. It was tough, you know. Yeah. So I made for my, you know, I couldn't playing. Yeah. After the eleven. Wife was pregnant, and and I, and I made a decision. I was like, I, I don't want to do this anymore and not seeing my kids every mm, day. Mm. And I retired two days after my kid was born. Mm. Uh, McKenna was born in uh, uh, September 29 of that year. Mm. And I retired after that. I was like, and I left money on the table. They offered me more money, and I said, I can't, I can't leave, mm. you know, and, and it's, just, it just makes it so much better. Yeah. You know, uh, I know everything about my kids, every single thing. And I don't want to make the same mistake. I don't want to make the same mistake I made with, the, with, with my uh, first marriage yeah. and my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, although they're they awesome, they're unbelievable. My two daughters, they're both mm. in school right now. they incredibly awesome. Some of you guys know Michele. Mm-hmm and uh so you know really proud of them and and that's i think for me that's the toughest thing is just being away from your kids yeah what's
0: what's the thing you miss the most about it
1: uh What can i say that i miss (laughs) (laughs) nothing (laughs) well you're always gonna miss that paycheck yeah of course yeah. yeah Anybody that say no is is lying <laughs> because it gives you that way to be comfortable mm-hmm. and 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 you can be an asshole all the time. I don't know if you can, I'm sorry. to Say that. It's way. okay. That's fine. It's okay. But Orlando it's Cabrera, true. you can say whatever you want. Well, he's <laughs> I always say that with like when you have that jersey, mm-hmm. you think you're like you the you're the shit. Mm-hmm. You're not. You know. That's the reason you see me here every day. Between <laughs> smoking my cigar like nothing happened, with coffee, with friends. Yeah. That's it. That's life. That's what you want. You want people to enjoy your present without you having that jersey.
0: Right. Now, what I want to know is, how the heck did you end up in New Hampshire? Good question.
3: Out of all the places in the so United my States. all the places. Well, I would thought out. somewhere warmer, you
0: know, <laughs> Carolina, <laughs> Colombia, you know, you know.
1: We, oh, I want to live in New Hampshire. We live in Columbia. <laughs> Katie, Katie and I, we live in Columbia a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, about 08, uh, 09, we figure we can move to a place between Boston. And I say Boston because she's from Draken. Okay. Yep. And family was living in Draken at that time. And so it's like, let's look for a middle ground. Mm-hmm. And Meadow Beach. South Carolina mm-hmm. was like the middle. Yeah, It's the middle between Cartagena and Boston. Okay, Myrtle Beach. Yep, and uh, so we moved there. Myrtle to Beach a is small good. To, yeah, yep. small town called Myrtle's Inlet. Yeah, like 15 mm-hmm. minutes south of uh, Meadow Beach. Enjoy our times over there. Uh, lived there for four years. Then we start having a family, and uh, we start looking for a house close to her family, mm. uh, her mom. And auntie and brothers, and uh, we end up in uh, Wyndham. And the reason we end up in Wyndham was because Wyndham uh, that year came out as the 25th best small towns in the United States. Hmm. Wow! Uh, for education, for everything, um, and so we we were very lucky to found to to find a place and. We snatch it, and we fix it, and you know we've been living there ever since. And that's why we're in wow. New
0: Hampshire. That's awesome. Now, how did you end up? How did you end up uh, finding twins?
1: So, can I say this story here? Yeah, you, you can, can say the story, really hey, baby. Um, so we rent a house. We were, we we bought this house. We got it, and he, they told us it was, it's gonna take maybe. 12, about 12, 15 months to finish. Right. So we came over here in the winter. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember the winter what year. I'm fine with the winter because I'm a hunter. So yeah. winter nice. means I'm hunting. Mm. It's fine with me. And um, so I immediately was looking for for a place to smoke cigars. So what people don't know is that I smoke a cigar every day before every single game for the last... Since 2001.
0: Nice.
1: No, 2000. 1999, 2000, I smoke a cigar before every single game. Hmm. And many of the guys that smoke cigars from Dominican and all those guys, I was the one teaching them how to smoke because they... they, Even though they're from Dominican, they didn't know anything about cigars. (laughs) Um, And I have... You know, fortunately enough, to play with some Cuban guys who were bringing some good Cuban cigars. Sure. Um, and uh, so when we move, I started looking for a place, and they told me about a place uh, close to where I was living. I was living in Salomon that time. Okay. And so it's a place called uh, place called. And went there, you know, got a couple of cigars, a couple of boxes. I was you know kind of stacking up. And when they went back there a couple of times and had super bad experience, super mm-hmm. bad experience uh, their um, customer service very you know really, really suck. And, and I was surprised because knowing what New England is, I know New England is a very demanding uh, uh, region. It people is. are very demanding about what they get. yep. And I was very surprised about that way things went down in there. And and so I was looking. One of my neighbors told me, hey, I used to live in Londonderry. This is a place in Londonderry like this, blah, blah, blah. I was like, just give me the address. This is where I'm going. And and I start coming down to um, the old uh, twins. Yep. And uh, met Sean in there. And, you know, I'm your sweetheart guy. <laughs> and we hit it off then uh, i introduced me to uh kurt Kendall yep. mm-hmm. and uh you know the rest is history yeah you know i little by little i've been moving my way into this place every day <laughs> <laughs> I think you got uh, you know <laughs> seeing it I think he's got
3: right. yeah, a cot downstairs in the basement yeah, yeah. too and now Without he's on the podcast me.
1: now That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is awesome you guys are incredible man It's it's just uh, you know i always i always want to be in a place where People treat me the, the right way. Yeah. Not because I'm a former baseball player mm-hmm. or for because I play for the Red Sox. It's just because I'm just people. Mm. And if they treat me the, the right way, I know they're treating everybody the right way. Yeah. And and I've seen it. I've been here. I never once want, want see anything that I can go, wow, they really did this wrong, the wrong way. Never. And I've been coming here for the last seven years. Well, that's, that's, oh, pretty that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, let's take a
0: little break and talk a little bit more about uh, the cigar we're smoking I'm about halfway through right now Um, the cigar for me has really mellowed out as it's gotten uh, towards the the, uh, fattest part of the cigar fat cigar you know and um, it's still very woody Uh, there is some uh, creaminess to it that's really nice and uh, the spice is still there, but it's been really kind of downplayed as it's
6: yeah. as
0: it's coming right into the middle. Does anyone else uh, want to share what they're thinking, Brie? You want to tell us uh, where um, you're at? I'm, wow, you're taking your time. I
2: mean, it's pretty consistent.
0: Is it still case. juicy?
2: It's less juicy. Ooh. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing. I'm getting more earth out of it now. It's um, it's kind of like um that cedar like smoky flavor that i was getting has been masked by like a smooth kind of like rich soil like not in a bad way soil but good um and then with the scotch it's still kind of like adding the warmth that you need to really round out the flavor mm-hmm. and yeah it's just it's ashing really well very consistent flavor
5: dave what about you yep Don't uh, say i salt. Think it's, i'm getting a lot of salt yeah, I good. told you not to say salt. What's up with you salt? and it's salt, you. man? Oh it's my salt, God, Mr. Salt. salt. Since the hump.
3: Jeez, since
5: the since hump. hump. salt. It's I toned it down since just... I hit the hump. Yeah. <laughs> not as much salt. Salt. There's <laughs> not as much salt, <laughs> as much salt <laughs> in the hump. Oh boy, Paul.
4: Well, the construction's been on. Something. The construction's yeah. been right on point. Um, yes. I absolutely agree though the the earthy woody tones are taking a more prominent role uh, the cedar is still a little bit there the drink is helping to keep that at bay a little bit but it's just a, a very very nice relaxing cigar now it has toned down a little bit the retro hail on this is now a nice smooth spice it's not as rich as it used to be um, but I'm really really liking it and the drink the, the pairing is really really good
0: Orlando what do you think about the cigar and the
1: pairing I, I think is um it's, it's, it's amazing right now. I, 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 I smoked this cigar before. Not this one. Like mm-hmm. The same uh, Camacho. Well, yeah. I mean, you smoke it and it's gone. You, yeah. and, uh, but when I, when I was talking about the spiciness, mm. um, I, I always try to like, I don't like cigars with a lot of pepper. Right. You can feel pepper. These this, this have a lot of spice, but no pepper. Yes, totally agree. totally agree. And yeah. I like it a lot. He's it's, it's mellowed down. He's going really well. It mm.
3: is very nice. <clears throat> uh, like Paul said, the construction is really on point. Nice burn line. It kind of mellowed out for me now that I got to the thicker part of the cigar. Still getting uh, with the pairing a little bit more salt, uh, woody notes, earthy tones. Um, not getting the spice in the retrohale. Really, kind of smooth, silky smooth, mm. creamy. Um, maybe a little bit of leather in there that's coming through, but that's pretty much it. It's, it's, it's a very good cigar. It's, I like it.
0: I have to say, I, I would not have thought that this incredibly peat bomb of a scotch. Yeah would go with this cigar. But again, the, the saltiness in the drink and the sweetness the in the salt in the drink. <laughs> yes. The peatiness in the in, in the drink complements the sweetness in the cigar so nicely. It really it really is a very good combination. Yeah. I'm really I'm it, you know, I'm you know, when I drink scotch, I'm not really drawn to super peaty stuff like Nick. I I like actually, you know, tasting different things and having my, you know, tongue assaulted with a, you know, 50 caliber weapon. (laughs) I I like that, you know, that's my thing. Some people do. Some people like that. Some people, you know, but the A, adding the water Mm
6: -hmm.
7: and
0: then B, adding the cigar has made the scotch more enjoyable to me. It's made the cigar more enjoyable to me. I'm just really impressed with the pairing. I, I totally agree. I think the pairing is right heavy, on really. point. Yeah. yeah really, really good.
4: I thought the, uh, when I first took a sip of the Lafroy before we added the water, I literally was fearful it was going to overpower the cigar because it <laughs> just had that just oomph of peat. Mm-hmm. But by adding those few capfuls of water just made it all come together. It really, really did. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, you know what I think, too, is like, it's a mineral. Mm, Is that there's the a mineral aspect, cigars, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Is that what I I think they pair so so good, with each other?
0: Yeah, I agree. They that, both have it. The peatiness has that mineral aspect to yep. it. Mm-hmm. There's definitely that with the earthiness in the cigar, that yep. mineral kind of taste. Yeah. Very very true. All right, we're gonna take a little bit of break here while we get our drinks ready for the second half of the show. We're gonna be, uh, well, wait a minute. I guess before I do that, I, we should actually do our final thoughts on the
5: cigar. I thought we just
0: did. Did we just do that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you Kinda. go. What do you know? That's, That's great cigar. Coming and buy it.
6: We'll be Thank right you. back.
7: Come again.
0: everybody we're back we're and back. now we are smoking san sepulcro the 2020 small batch release from cornell and deal let me tell you what it says from the tin it says merging the old world with the new san sepulcro is a very special entry into the small batch project carefully blended from antique italian dark flat fired leaf and some of the finest red Virginias from North Carolina. Aromatically spicy with earthy clove-like undertones, this Italian dark-fired leaf is grown in the San Sepulcro region of Italy, which boasts a history and tradition of tobacco cultivation back to the 17th century. Combined with mellow citrus and bread-like notes of the reds, it makes for a wonderful melange of flavors and aromas. At once... Both familiar and exotic. Mm. We shall find out if that is our experience. This is uh, something made by Cornell and Deal. It is a Virginia blend. Uh, Virginia and the Italian dark-fired Kentucky. There's no flavoring. It is a broken flake cut. And we are drinking something very, very cool with this. Brie, tell us what we are drinking with this here tabacchi.
2: Well, which is the backy, uh, we're drinking, I haven't named it, but it's um, like a smoky sangria, so pretty much, uh, there's a really great bourbon from High West mm. a Distillery in Utah. Nice. And, um, campfire. Campfire,
0: yeah. Campfire, my favorite... My Which, favorite High West.
2: Exactly. So it's like inspired by like the smokiness of the campfire. Um, and I got a little bit of smokiness from this tobacco. So um, it's pretty much High West Campfire with some red wine, this, uh, brown sugar, simple syrup, and orange bitters. With a splash mm. of soda. Very, very cool.
7: Very
0: Dave, what's your initial thought on the
5: pipe tobacco here and the uh, pairing? I think the pairing so far is pretty well. Um, yeah, Why? Because the, uh, <laughs> it is bringing out a lot of the Virginia notes of. <laughs> Which uh, would be. Like the, the <laughs> dried fruit and like the bread. It's mm-hmm. bringing that out. And I'm getting. It was a very. Um, what, maybe. The, the retro hail is very pleasant, very smooth and creamy. But mm, that's all I got right now, pasta.
0: Nick, what about you?
3: Well,
5: <laughs> the
3: drink is is. I'm not a sangria guy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm pretty sure you guys have guessed that.
6: Yeah. I'm
3: if not, it isn't 147
0: proof, I don't really <laughs> drink
6: it.
3: <laughs> if it was like everything else, just tastes like milk. If it was like Puerto Rican moonshine, I'd be like all over it. No, but the the drink I'm getting. Some of the wine and a little bit of the scotch. Definitely getting that citrus orange on the finish, Mm -hmm. uh, which is going really good with the tobacco. You got that sweet, uh, fruity, deep fruitiness in there. Getting the bread, getting the wood, a little earthy, really smooth. No spice on the retrohale. Very creamy. It's going pretty well. The only thing I don't like about the pairing... Is that the wine tends to kind of coat my palate a little bit, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it like I, Pete I feel doesn't that,
0: coat your palate.
3: That what? Like
0: Pete doesn't. Coat
3: it doesn't. Your palate? No, it's absolutely not. So for me, it's 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 just it's a weird combination that I'm getting on my palate. It the drink is good, but. For me personally, I probably wouldn't go back to this with this tobacco. I'd probably go with maybe another single malt, uh, maybe Seven Twenty Four Jack, um, maybe even a tequila.
0: Paul, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say.
4: I think the pairing is exquisite. <laughs> exquisite. <laughs> and I'm going to tell exquisite. you. Exquisite. And I'm going to tell back you why. Then. Tell us Please why. Exquisite. Tell us why. I do agree with you, Nick that the, the, the wine in the drink is kind of coating your palate, but it's bringing out a lot more of the deep Virginia flavors from the mm-hmm. tobacco, that deep fruity flavors. Mm-hmm. It's actually probably the, the, the most fruit that I've tasted from this type of blend mm. from anything else we've ever smoked. Um, the, the retrohale is a wonderful spice, but I'm picking up some floral notes too. So I think on its own, we were picking up some of the nice, uh, deep Virginias with the, with the woodiness, but the drink is just bringing out even more of the Virginias. So I'm mm. really, really enjoying this very, very much. Now, Good, Orlando- good pairing, Brie. Good pairing. Orlando,
0: <laughs> I know I know you're new to the whole
1: pipe smoking thing. But I can say something about Yeah, yeah, I, want, yeah. I want to know we what you want think. want to know. What is it about Italy you were saying? Mm-hmm. About the tobacco?
0: Some of the tobacco in this is Kentucky... Leaf that's grown in Italy in the Sansepolcro region of Italy.
1: Yeah, so that's what I was going because even though I came, I'm not a pipe smoker. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably this is my second time with different tobacco. You Um, will be. Well, (laughs) I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, because I can I can taste the terroir. Mm. of Italy mm. and this. Nice. And I can tell you, if you put a glass of Amarone mm-hmm. or a Barolo with this, and I and I know that's why the Italians are doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it pairs perfectly mm. because the Amarone had that sweetness. Yeah, that yep. you can have in here. It is just a little bit because it's not a. Um, you said it's not a. Uh, It's not a tobacco that they put uh, uh, sweetness on it. Right, right. right. There's no sweet add, and There's no flavorings added exactly. to this. And you can tell, you know, you can taste a lot of earth. You can mm-hmm. taste the terra Like I, I have a lot of Amarones and a lot of Barolas in my house, and mm. I'm tasting that right now. That's you know I
0: mean? interesting that you can, that you can pick that out,
1: uh, I'm being familiar right with now. that,
0: because uh, there's there's a lot of similarities between wines and tobaccos. It's all, the whole the rock. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The whole point of, you know, the importance of the earth, the ground and all that comes into the the flavor of the grapes, you know, and, and it's the same thing with the tobacco. And um, I really enjoy that, you know, the the dark fired. you know, means that uh, uh, the tobacco from Italy has been fire cured. It's been dried out slowly under uh, low-burning fires of of, uh, aromatic woods, and the tobacco takes on that kind of smoky flavor. And you can really pick that up. And there is, uh, I'm not as, I I can say that I wouldn't smoke this and go, mmm, Italy! (laughs) (laughs) But it is different from any other kind of uh, dark-fired tobacco that I've had outside of this. And the, the, the one unique thing about it is that it is uh, from that uh, San Sepolcro region of Italy. Uh, so it's it's very interesting to me that you can really pick that out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh When you taste these wines, you know, in different vintages, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I'm not particularly guy that like to drink Amarone mm-hmm. all the time, because go Amarone can kick your ass <laughs> the next day. Uh, But I have a lot of Barolos. Uh, I have a lot of Super Tuscans in my house. Mm-hmm. And, and the times that I drink Amarone, I can tell you about it, and I, mm. and I can f- taste it here. Mm. I can see the similarities. That's awesome. Tobacco. That's
6: awesome.
0: Especially with you being so new to pipe smoking, yeah. to be able to pick that up. Bree, I'm really interested to know what what your take is on this. Mm -hmm. So, it's
1: interesting. Um, Interesting. Bree's doing a pipe, too. Woo! Yeah! yeah, She's she's all in, man. She's all all in. All right, all right, all right.
2: My respect, my respect. (laughs) Um, The pipe tobacco alone, I'm really enjoying just because it's... um, I'm a sucker for anything that's, like, smoky. Mm I love the idea, too, that it... It comes from Italy I just think it's very like refined. Um, so I'm, I'm getting almost like um, like a kind like it's not spicy smoky it's mm. kind of smoky that's very subtle mm. and um, does have a little bit of that sweetness underneath it and um, yeah as far as the pairing um, it's interesting I guess it depends like what you'd be looking for like I could see it um kind of being a good pairing for someone who is maybe newer to pipe tobacco smoking who kind of needs something to um to go and like mellow out the flavors of the pipe tobacco but Mm. I would almost be curious next time to add even less wine or possibly a different blend of wine that Mm. would kind of let the bourbon come through a little bit more because I do feel like it does kind of mask the bourbon, even though we did like lower the proportion of the wine to bourbon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I still, I, I still would not be, if you had not told me that it was campfire in here, I never would have, I never would have guessed that. It's definitely got more zip than just wine. I know that something <laughs> has been added there, but um, you know, that said, the wine really does bring out the fruitiness of the Virginias, the sweetness of the Virginias. And, um it, you know, that enhancement really, I think, works for me. Now that you've been able to hear the rest of us, Dave, do you have anything more you want to add? <laughs> <laughs> or do you just want to copy the what natural, all of us have said the about
5: the <laughs> fruitiness you get from wine is just a beautiful thing to have with a Virginia mm. because it's like that those dried fruitness is really those well. dried fruitness. fruitness is really well <laughs> they, they marry very well together. Um those dried fruitness.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> dried fruitness very very cool. Okay, so to give us a little chance to smoke some more and drink some more, I'm gonna ask some more uh questions of Orlando here. And the first one does your wife smoke cigars?
7: Ooh. Uh, she have.
1: She, she, has. Has. she, has, she, she has. has. She has. She has. She before. she would if you held the gun to um, her head. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, she actually, if she's in the mood, she likes the uh, the acids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that is so true. So many, so many gals I know. Yeah, but because of when I. Acid was my favorite cigar back in the day. Mm. The Cuba Cuba was my favorite cigar. The Cuba Cuba, that was one of my first flavored cigars. If you see like any playoffs when I was celebrating Mm -hmm. and you see the champagne going and I have a cigar, that was a Cuba Cuba that I was smoking. Wow. Uh, For some reason, uh, even though I already smoked some of the good Opus X in those days, Mm It was hard for me to get them. Mm. Uh, so you'd smoke a Cuba? I smoked the Cuba kuba, And because, like I told you, I was smoking cigars before the game. Yep. That was the only cigar that I can smoke that people didn't, hey, was smoking? Because the Cuba <laughs> Cuba is so sweet. Yeah. The people It's like didn't smoking, no, was a smoking a cigar. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Uh, but it's still a cigar. And um, mm-hmm. she used to get the little ones. Uh, the the blondies. blondies. The blondies. Exactly. Yep. The blondies. Yep. She actually asked me last week for a blondie. Really? Nice. Yes, she did. The I was oldies- fortunate I, didn't have, I, I yeah. didn't have.
7: So
0: those things sell so fast. So it's fast. amazing. Yep. If you see somebody, if I see somebody coming into the shop and they're getting off their Harley, they're all leathered up and they have prison tats and everything on them, you think, oh my gosh, this guy's going to come in want some He's strong probably, probably. kick butt cigar. They're like, <laughs> give a give a, me a give Blondies, you have any Kubakubas? I need an acid plush now. Oh my God. It's like, oh my gosh, what? This doesn't fit. It's like it doesn't you fit, but, like but hey, man, me. you gotta sell them like the cigars, a anywhere. Anyways. to hold and make you all nice and sweet and cushy. I mean, hey, what is it? They like what, what they is like. That they like what they the like. The bigger and that's so tougher true. a person looks, it's so true. the more likely they are to ask for a Blondie Bellicosa. Hey,
5: that's, that's just okay. this is how it goes.
0: How I, I don't know why it is. I don't know why it is, but, you know, Hell's Angels show up, and what do they want? They want plush.
5: Hey, we have it,
3: so they get it.
0: Yep. Yep. You got to keep them happy. Well, I don't want them unhappy.
5: No. The only, the, the <laughs> no, only cigar, <laughs>
0: the only cigar but, but to the point, the, the only cigar my wife will has willingly smoked is a Java Waif. Yeah. Which is made by Drew Estate. They make acid but yep. the Drew state makes the javas for rocky patel and, and they distribute them and the way the java waif is a as a coffee and chocolate basically a mocha kind of tasting cigar yeah. and she smoked those but anything else now are you allowed to smoke in the house i have my smoke room you have your smoke room, so you yes. put your foot down. You're a real man. No, That's cool. No, 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 no. Hey.
1: Oh. I got that Careful she's now. That she got might be watching. She's the boss. She's the boss. I mean, oh, really? I'm, oh, yeah. She's the boss? Yes. She's the boss. You heard that. This is on record now. I'm an employee. <laughs> employee. Can, you're an employee. I'm an employee. <laughs> I'm an employee. I'm she an employee. got a contract. Uh, and I, I love it. I is get, it a two, two year contract, pay contract that she signed? I get paid a lot. Oh. No, I mean it's. Uh, she's an amazing, amazing, amazing person. She's mm. she's super, probably the smartest person I know. Mm. Um, and and because her keen advice, I'm not a poor man mm-hmm. these days. So mm. uh, she's she's super. She's. I mean, I got lucky, and I, I really, I, I really did. I mean, it's it's amazing uh, mm. how incredible she is, and uh, she. She's in control of everything. <laughs> and and I yeah. just, you know, follow orders and you yeah. know, once in a while I do my things in here and there. That's it, man. And she wanted me to have my my smoking room. That's and, and I did, and I, I put it together. And and you know, every time we have some guys in the house, we we go back in the corner of the house mm-hmm. and, and we smoke. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I was able to get that too,
0: although I have to admit, it was I Probably because you know, it, it it pays for the house is why I was able to <laughs> do. That. But I, I have my smoking room in the house, and uh, I mean, this time of year though I'm on the I'm on the porch, and that's where I love to be. I love, to be, yeah. exactly. oh, yeah. love yeah, to be outside. Yeah, Love to be outside on the porch. Got a great screen in porch. You're, yeah, oh, you
5: have a nice. Porch. I have
0: a nice screen in yeah, porch. He does, yeah. it's Old, crappy, but comfy. Yes. leather that's furniture true. out there so you don't care about it well you, yeah. have you a know, beautiful so, garden too. So. yeah so you're looking out over the garden and that's great
3: yeah but you yeah. live right on the river too you live right on the merrimack river which is it's a very uh, a historic area. place where you live and it's you drive i drive by there all the time doing mm-hmm. edible arrangement deliveries mm-hmm. from haverhill and i drive by there like six seven times a day <laughs> and it's a really beautiful historic area. Going over the bridge, they just redid the bridge. Yep. Going just to that area there, uh, where Danny lives, it's really historical. A lot of the houses there that are on the river, it's ancient. Were, yeah, it's There's very a historical. Between
0: historical and ancient.
5: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your, your house is made out of shipwood, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was. Is it really?
0: The, the people who who built the house back in 1780 were they were shipbuilders builders and and uh, house builders. Nice. And uh, there's a number. They repurposed a lot of the extras from ships to build the house. Wow. And you can see, you can see that you know masts that were used as cross beams and stuff like that. Any masts. pieces
3: from the Santa Maria?
0: Uh, I don't know, but uh, it, you know it's, you know that wood. You know, the Mayflower. is 250, yeah, right. 250, <laughs> 250, 260 years old. It's it's been that house has been there forever.
5: You uh, even got secret rooms, don't
0: you? There is a secret room in the house. Yeah, there's a. It was uh, originally put in to to hide when there were Indian raids going on. Wow! And then it became part of the Underground Railroad. They would hide uh, slaves up there on getting getting them out of the you know. Uh, running away from the south and everything. And it was, uh, um, now it's my wife's office. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's very cool. It was one of the, one of the selling points of the house, the secret room, but uh, very, very cool. Um, Now, how did you, how did you get into cigars? Uh, That's an interesting question. Um, was just so everybody was in, in baseball bas- smoking cigars? No. I or were they a- all spitting tobacco? I mean, how, you know, Exactly. Was- <clears throat> so I was a basketball
1: player. Yeah.
0: Like we talked so before. So it was the basketball people who were smoking cigars. I'll tell
1: you, <laughs> I am a, I'm am a Michael Jordan. He he, literally made my career. Um, how so? How did he make your career? Well, now I have So to my answer. brother, my brother signed professional three years before me. Okay. So he in Professional baseball? Professional baseball. We playing in the big leagues. Right. Because your dad wouldn't have allowed him to play basketball. No. no. And, but he was <laughs> no. a basketball player too. He was yeah, all so the same. Same like that. you. Yeah. Okay. And he was coming to the United States, and all he talks about was, you got to see this guy. You got to see. I mean, I'm in Colombia. We don't see the games. Mm. Basketball, NBA. Mm. And he's like, you got to see this guy, Ooh. man. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. And I'm like, show me, you know, like I want to see, you know, and, um, then they go to the finals in 1990. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I saw from him after the winning, he put a cigar in his mouth. Mm. And I was just from that moment on, I was intrigued. I was mm. like, smoking cigar. He's an athlete. He can be smoking. Yeah. Right. And then he stopped bringing me, his up, uh, those, uh, videos of Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan coming out come fly with me Uh, and then another one came in and he was bringing it to me from the United States Okay, and I'm just watching this thing I don't know anything about English at that time so I'm just trying to like read what he was saying and trying to like put it together with the images that he was showing I didn't understand anything Mm -hmm. and I was like man this man is amazing Mm -hmm. amazing Right then, the the dream the dream team come in. He goes to uh, Barcelona. Basketball goes worldwide. Mm-hmm. But I was a wedding Michael Jordan. I was dressing Michael Jordan from that moment on. And I remember my brother was was leaving uh, for spring training, and he's like, "Hey, what do you want me to bring you? Mm-hmm. Anything that you can find with Michael Jordan picture, I want it." And I remember one year. And this is why, if, if you go to my house, I have a collection of Jordan's number fours. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm. Because that summer, I worked the entire summer to buy these shoes. Mm. And, and I was in this little island outside Colombia. This island is closer to Costa Rica than Colombia, but okay. it belongs to Colombia. Okay. And I have family there. So I went for the summer, and it's a free port. Mm -hmm. So they were getting every single thing from the United States in there. And I remember going window shopping and I saw these shoes and I just lost my mind. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, I want these shoes. Mm. So I told my my auntie, I said, auntie, I want those shoes. She's (laughs) like, well, you got to work a whole summer. So for three months, I worked and worked and worked. By the time I raised the money, saved the money to go buy the shoes, they didn't have my size. Uh, I was 10 uh, shoe, shoe, uh, shoe size. Mm-hmm. And they only have 9s. That was the highest size. And yeah. I was like, I want them. I don't <laughs> care what size they are. I need to have the And my first Jordans were 9. It was one size. Smaller. So I'm like, I'm walking with my I mean, I can't even walk with these shoes, but I oh just need God. to have them. And, and I mean, from that moment on, I, I just follow his career, mm-hmm. follow everything that he says, follow everything that he was talking. And then I, when I learn English, mm-hmm. it just opened up because mm-hmm. now I can go back to the videos and I'm sure. just watching this BHS yeah. and just watching and and watching and and watching it and I I implement all that stuff that he was saying into my game. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things the people don't don't know about me is that it wasn't any, anything spectacular mm-hmm. in what I did in the field. Mm-hmm. The things that I did was off the field. Mm-hmm. I was bringing too many, if you ask me how many teams, I played for nine teams. Every teams that won my service, mm-hmm. they won that part of my service, mm-hmm. which was analyze all this data without a computer, because in those days, it was no right. data. They didn't believe in that. But they believe in the person that can analyze all this data and make something of it. And in 1999, uh, the Montreal Exos, because we didn't have any TV, we invented the shift. The shift that you see now, when they move the entire infield and everybody to one side because it's a lefty hitting, it's a poppy hitting, everybody move to the right because it's going to hit the ball. We invented that in 1999. Wow. And I was, I was the guy that was part of it. Mm-hmm. Because all these days, I was like, hey, these guys gonna hit the ball here
6: mm-hmm.
7: all
1: the time. And, you know, it was a constant fighting with the manager, with the pitchers.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: And and we did it and it works. Mm-hmm. So that, that was one of the things that I did. I, I, they always bring me all this stuff about players and I always come up with some kind of solution how to beat the other team. Mm-hmm. And... For six years, my team, no matter who was in my team, always went to the playoffs, and we won the division because all this stuff that we were creating, we coming up with all this data, and we come up with solutions.
0: It's really interesting to me that, that, you know, you had done so well at basketball that you were actually attempted to be recruited. Your dad had no freaking idea that basketball was your thing, and really basically forbade you <laughs> to go into basketball. And yet, it was Michael Jordan and basketball yeah. that you say
1: made you such a great ball player. I mean, I was watching The Last Dance.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: And, you know, I got friends, oh, see Jordan talking in these and that. It's like, no, what he was saying is true. Like, mm. if you see him from his perspective, the way he was, the way he thought that he needs to do things just to win,
6: mm-hmm.
1: then everything makes sense. Yeah. Now, if everything that he said would have come from a coach, everybody would accept it. Mm. But because he was a player, our egos don't allow us to let players tell us what to do. Yeah. And that's a big, big thing in baseball. Mm. Where if you say to somebody, hey, you need to run harder. come on don't tell me what to do but a coach said to him that Mm -hmm. he'd be like oh okay i I run far Uh, i would run hard Mm -hmm. so it's it's that Mm. type of thing with jordan was a guy that he said in there he said i would never make my teammates do something that i would not gonna do Mm. if i'm doing it they better be doing it Mm. because we a unit yeah we we're going into battle if I'm going to battle with somebody, I know I want to know the person next to me is gonna do the same thing, mm-hmm. or feel the same thing, or see the same things that I see, mm-hmm. for order of us to win, mm-hmm. you know. And and that it was not me, like that fire mm-hmm. ignited my and my soul. Uh, but for me, it was different because I was not Michael Jordan, right? I was not Manny Ramirez. Mm-hmm. I, I was not Pedroya. It was not mm-hmm. a guy that was gonna win an MVP, mm-hmm. so for me, it was behind the scenes telling people what to do. And when I got traded, I came here, and and uh, Frank corner was like, Hey, so what are you gonna do? It's like, Just lay down, tell me, tell me wh- what's going on. This is what's going on, they're not doing this, they're not doing this. I was like, I got it. And my very first day. I start telling people what to do. Mm, Nice and defensive. Why hitting? I I wasn't a great hitter Mm -hmm. for me to tell people what to do hitting. But when it comes out to defense, I move people. I tell them what: Hey, you got to do this. You got to be here. Mm -hmm. Don't sleep on it. Like defense is as important as offense. Mm -hmm. And that's what everything changed in that team. When they start playing better defense, Mm -hmm. that's when we start winning. Yeah. Now. You've been smoking cigars
0: for a long time now. I'm told you have quite the collection now. Let's do a little show and tell here. What 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 you got? Well, hidden in your little uh, pad uh, at home
1: now. I I so my wife, Katie, she got me uh, one of my birthday presents was uh, I was um. Bought me one of those monthly uh, thing when you get cigars every month. Yeah, yeah. Cigar yep. of the month, whatever. And every month they would send me a package. Mm-hmm. And then one of those packages was always an Opus accident.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was I mean, start comparing every single cigar. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was an Ashley there, it was good cigars. Yeah. And I was like, man, I was always drawn to that one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I really like this. I love caramel. Mm. love caramel I love um, this mocha taste mm-hmm. and and the fact that it's, all the cigars from one place right I love that mm-hmm. even the wrappers so then I started learning about the song grow uh, yep. rappers that they grow in Dominican in Santiago. and I was just amazed about the how they come out to get it this good. And I start tasting all kinds of Opus X and, and I mean, personally, and and I'm, and I'm sorry, it's going to hurt a lot of people, but arguably the the best cigar in the world Mm. for me personally. Mm. Uh, it's, it just half that cigar is so consistent Mm. with the flavors I mean it's hard for you to give me a cigar uh, opus sex without the um the um the band the band and me not know it's a it's a it's a opposite mm. smoking. Mm. I just love it and, and in my collection I got every, every Opus X <laughs> you can imagine. I have it. I, I like to edge them mm-hmm. bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, Aged them in bourbon. In bourbon,
0: what does that mean? Um, <laughs> well, exactly what it means. I have a tub of bourbon at home, and I throw all my opus in there. <laughs> <And so laughs> what does that mean? I don't throw it in there, <laughs> per You're se, kidding. but
1: um, like so what Kurt does refi- with his bo- they dog sell walkers' these refrigerators. Yeah. That um, so when a when a when a cigar maker mm-hmm. said to you. Oh, I aged these cigars five years and center in my humidor
6: mm-hmm.
1: for f- five years. Mm-hmm. It's a regular humidor. So yeah. it takes a long, longer yeah. for that cigar to age in there right. and get the flavors that they want. Mm-hmm. When you put these cigars in these humidors, these refrigerators,
6: mm-hmm.
1: whatever liquid you're using uh, to humidify your refrigerator, mm-hmm with Excel this time in like a month, you okay. get the same results. And I was surprised about this because I didn't know until sure. I started doing it and I was like, oh my God. And I and I know I brought some cigars to Paul and and, and Nick. I think I gave one to Brie one and day. That
2: was the greatest like random act of really, kindness really gift
1: that I've ever received. That was, <laughs> a, yeah. that was a six month cigar in there and it was cool. just bourbon wow. with an Opus X. It's amazing. And I wanted to hold on to those cigars. That box, mm-hmm. it lasted maybe ten days. I couldn't <laughs> stop smoking it. Smoking awesome.
3: it oh my god! I think, I think that's was, a problem with all of us. Yeah, it
1: was one of those uh, the, the triple X, uh, the triple A's.
3: Yes. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I, I can still like remember that that cigar. Mm. And the only cigar that I don't have an Opus X is that triple A. So, anything you see out there, let me know. I want it. <laughs> I'm
3: pretty sure if you talk to Sean, he'll get you a box.
1: Mm. <laughs> so, w-
0: what, do you, what do you do for, with your life now? What, what do you do for, do you work? Do you have work? What do you do for oh pleasure? God, Is it all pleasure? Are you, you I have just like, traipsing all over the world? I spending have, your time with Sean? I mean, you take him down to Cartagena to meet your parents? I mean, come on. What's, I, what's going on? Pastor, I have like four jobs. You have four you jobs? Yeah. working man. four jobs to make up what you were making in the MLB. No, no, no. I don't
1: make I don't make, make, make it. It's really not about the money anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, right now we end in the pandemic, COVID-19. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when I left baseball, yep. it was a pandemic. Mm. On players come out of of the game, and they were broke. Mm. Two, three years, nothing. Mm. Wow. And and people were bringing me these these things, these these tales, and I'm like, what? He made eighty million dollars. Yeah. Well, wow. he's selling the watches. He's selling. I'm like, how? Mm. I mean, for a regular person, mm-hmm. you talk about $80 million. You know how long it takes you to spend $80 million? Mm-hmm. It will take you 20 years. I, I could these spend that all in one day. people were spending this yeah, money. good on chickens. And nothing. <laughs> and <laughs> bourbon. Right? Chickens
3: and bourbon, yeah. So, <laughs> chickens and bourbon. Bourbon chicken.
1: Bourbon chicken. And anything. But, yeah. You were surprised. You'd be surprised on the stupidity these people spend yeah, this money. yeah. Yep, and and then we like okay, I gotta do something mm-hmm. because some people were doing something, but they would never former a baseball players. Right. So, the people that I work and the people that handle my money hire me
3: mm-hmm.
1: as a consultant uh, to help these guys. Mm. Nice. And because I, I some of those guys were friends of mine. Yeah. And they were calling me, hey, can I can I borrow ten grand? Can I borrow twenty grand? I'm like, you you make more money than me. Yeah. <laughs> Two years ago, what was going on? whoa mm-hmm. oh, you know, I gotta pay this house. I gotta pay the other house. I gotta pay, pay my mistress. I gotta you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. And I was really mad about it. You know, I talked to my wife. I was like, hey, I gotta do something about this. And if I can do it over the phone, I can do it once in a while. I can talk to these guys and. And fortunately, I brought a lot of my friends, a lot mm-hmm. of guys that play with me. Uh, they know who the way I am. Mm-hmm. I said, listen, we, you got to stop. You got to stop. You got to bring your money to this place and stop spending. Mm-hmm. We got to teach you how to do this. There's a lot of ways to do it, and it's the right way to do it. We're going to show you the right way. So I work for the company that um, manage uh, almost a billion dollars. and. Players money. Mm. Uh, mostly Latinos mm-hmm. and mostly a lot of people in the entertainment, entertainment uh, business. Mm-hmm. They absolutely unbelievable. Mm. Uh, they an open book. You can ask all the questions you need. You they teach you, which is one of the best things that, that no one else, when you go to a bank, mm-hmm. you go to any bank um, or any other corporation, you use a number. Mm-hmm. you're not a person you're a number how much money he has okay try to get as much money you can so we can have that money and we can just build this guy to death right every trade everything that we do we're gonna send that commission and we're gonna get it for us it's not that way for us is listen ask questions why are you paying this much money ask us mm-hmm. you need to learn why you're paying this fee mm-hmm. every year I pay that fee every year
6: Mm-hmm.
1: And I work for that company, and I pay that fee mm-hmm. because I believe in the system. Mm. So all these guys, and and we, I'm telling you, we got guys that made hundred million dollars, mm. and we seen the way they're going down and down, and we're like, hey, take the rest of the money. Why? Take the rest of the money. We don't. We don't. We know that you're gonna be broke. We don't want to be associated with you. Mm. So. Is that type of company. Mm-hmm. It's a type of company where people n- need to ask us to be with us. Mm-hmm. And when I said I got a job, that's why it's easy. I don't need to go and go after people. Mm-hmm. I just made a pitch. When you're ready, you come in, and then you convince us that we need to get you.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: And and that's it. So that's what I think. We're helping a lot of guys. Uh, mm-hmm. We're the only company that are Basically, not certifying paper, mm-hmm. but by word, by the player association, mm-hmm. to handle these people, money, mm-hmm. these players, and um, that's one of the jobs mm. that I do. The other, the other part is uh, my foundation in Colombia um, runs a baseball academy
6: mm.
1: awesome. that um, take the best talent in Colombia and. Get these kids ready to sign professional baseball, and we act as a international agent agency to fight for these contracts.
0: Mm. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you've got to have some good cigar stories.
1: I—I uh, I, I mean, I, I tell you, I've been fortunate. I've been fortunate. I, I, I'm i not a guy, if you see me, I don't, I, I don't have Facebook. I don't have Instagram. I don't have any of that stuff. So, so you don't see a lot of stuff that I do. Right. I, I don't like to um, take these pictures and post it and all that stuff <laughs> because I want to have that moment for myself.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and when I said that, it's because I want to be there and enjoy and remember it. Mm. I don't need a picture to tell me I did that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I've been fortunate enough to sit down with, with amazing, amazing people that, um, you know, that have told me so much about cigars. Um, and um, I have a story, you know, I, I was brought by my company one day to, to meet this client. I didn't even know the client. And uh, it's like, hey, just fly down to Miami. We're gonna meet this guy, and, and we want you to be there. I mm-hmm. will tell you the truth, I'm not a quant. I don't know much about the stock market and all that stuff. I don't, I don't talk about that stuff.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, first of all, first of all, because you, you I, I can. Mm-hmm. Secondly, because I don't know shit about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know a little bit, but it's not my forte. Mm-hmm. And so I was like. Why do you bring me here, I don't have, what about if they ask me some stuff and I, I don't. It's like, no, don't worry. So I, I got there and it was this guy talking and, and they were pitching to him. And then about half an hour later, this guy walks in. And I was like, oh shit, that's Rocky right there. That's, that's, that's Rocky like stallone stallone yeah, like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> oh, i'm like i'm like shaking i was like oh my god you know like is this guy we're pitching to and he's coming with a cigar yeah and he he's start offering cigars to people and um there was uh some corrida that he he has in there and uh i reach and say yeah smoke yeah, and we're the Adrian. only two people smoking. Yeah, and so these people are talking, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we're smoking. And he's like, "Those oh, so who smoke cigars." So we start talking, whatever. And like from that moment on, we never talk about numbers. Mm. It was just me asking questions. He's, he's answering. He asked me questions about cigars, and he just got out. He's like, "Write a check." Wow! And he just left, and. Didn't know anything. I left. Am here. Boss comes. He's like, "Hey, he brought a check, man." It's like, <laughs> it's like, wow! You, know. you got
3: to sit down and smoke with Stallone.
1: But the thing is, like, is that type of thing. It's mm. like we we happen to have something in common. We we both belong at some point to a cigar room mm-hmm. in L. A. Mm. Uh, called Havana Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an amazing place and they're all like all movie stars and all that and (laughs) and I saw him one day there Mm -hmm. but very very uh, uh, briefly he was leaving and I was like man it's person Stallone you know but when you're in LA you see these people all all the time everywhere yeah they walk around especially cigars like that cigar rooms like that and and we talked about that oh yeah you know Mm. I was a member blah 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 I was playing there and you know he he was interested in that stuff and, and that's it. That cigar made everything. Yeah. He knew that, that those people that were talking was not from one person from that team was somebody that really enjoyed something that he likes. Right. And he's like, he's lies like, with like, a he smoked 10 cigars a day. <laughs> yeah. But, you know.
0: So, that's awesome. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I have, so many stories Mm. and and, you know those people uh uh, cigars is such a esoteric esoteric thing that that when you smoke a cigar you you want to have somebody next to you to talk Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's a very social thing to bounce ideas yeah and and people really get to know you uh one one time i um i finished playing in oa couldn't get a job, and and this team signed me, Oakland, out of nowhere. And um, you know, my agent was like, "Hey, you're getting blackmail from the from the some of the teams. Like, some teams is blackmailing you. The White Sox is blackmailing you. They don't want you to get a, a job. This guy signed me. So I was, it was late in the spring training. It's like March 24th mm-hmm. almost." And I'm in a clubhouse. We, we're about to leave mm-hmm. to practice. And and one of the clubhouse guys goes, hey, Mr. Wolf, I want, want to see you. Who the hell is Mr. Wolf? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, oh, he's the owner. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting released. I'm like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I got, you know, I went in the back of the clubhouse in the coliseum, and he's like, Really small guy. Simple guy. Nothing on it. Not even a watch. And he's like, hey, I hear that you smoke cigars. Mm. I was like, I love them. He goes, you might have a cigar with me. It's like, yeah. I was like, but I got to <laughs> go practice. Like, forget about that. Wow. We know you can do that. I was like, all right. I mean, <laughs> you the owner. I mean,
7: <laughs>
1: yeah. right? all right? right? Sure. Jingle, so, yeah, you know? I'll do whatever. And, we went outside and uh, inside the kluhah in the back, and we light it up, and we start talking. And you know, he he really appreciated the job that I that I was gonna do, and mm. why he was paying me the money, and why this, and why I was there. And he was surprised. He was just like, I heard so many bad things from this particular person. Do you met him? I was like, I never met that person one time. Mm. in my life Mm. it was now I know who that person is Mm. so and it was a conversation where from billionaire to billionaire Mm. with them and then he got a conversation with me and he he find out who who really I was because we enjoyed a cigar because you had a cigar nice that's awesome
0: um I know we're getting short on time here so I want to get to the final thoughts on the (laughs) Sense of Polkrow here. Nick, what are your final thoughts on uh, this here small batch from Cornell and deal It's great. It's great. It's great. Why?
3: Still, I'm <laughs> probably at the bottom of my bowl here. Um, smoking the bowl. Uh, but it stayed consistent throughout. Get that Virginia's in there with the deep, rich sweetness – very smooth. Oaky, woody. Um got a little bread in there. A little uh little little bread in there, which is really nice. Um it was going pretty well with the pairing, but uh the ice is watering it down a bit. So it kind of fell flat for me with the pairing, but the the tobacco is spectacular. It's really good, really smooth, not crazy complex mm-hmm. um for me i'm getting like the back and forth with the oaky and the bread a little earthy not really any um spice on the retrohale um but it's it's a spectacular small batch it is really good medium
4: body very very nice very smooth
0: paul what do you think
4: i, I really enjoyed the pairing uh kudos to you Bree. this has uh really been a fantastic uh fantastic drink Uh, brings out a lot of those nice deep fruity flavors for me uh the retrohale again wonderful easygoing spice now now they're getting down to like the last few bits of tobacco (laughs) in my (laughs) bowl (laughs) trying to hang on to it uh but uh and picking up still more of that that floral uh nice spicy floral uh retrohale so uh, really, really great pairing. I really enjoyed this very, very much.
0: Orlando, now that you got your pipe relit there, what, what do you think about this? Is it
1: something that you would smoke again? Amazing. I, I'm taking <laughs> a little bit today with me. Mm. I love it. <laughs> mm. I love it. Nice. It's, it's nice. And, and I'm, I agree with, with Nick, it's extremely consistent. Yes. And and the pairing, like I said, with the wine, I wish it was a little bit more, a, a little sweetened with the Amarone. Mm-hmm. If it's Amarone mm-hmm. with the Mm-hmm. It would be perfect. Mm, but I love it. Dave?
5: Yeah, I think it's stayed very consistent. Um, the retrohale is super smooth and creamy. Um, I pretty much retrohale most of the bowl. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I have much left of anything. Um, the pairing, I thought, went really well. I thought the wine was bringing out my favorite parts of Virginia, which is the, the, the dried fruits and, and like the bread. Um, yeah, two thumbs up for me. This was, I was, I was very happy.
0: Bree, what about you? What did you think?
2: Um, Yeah, the, I mean, the pairing definitely stuck up on me mm-hmm. like, as far as just, like you said, not really remembering that, okay, there's two ounces of bourbon in this.
7: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but
2: yeah, definitely Um, I'm a fan of this tobacco. I like that it's consistent. Like everybody said, I like that it's like, um, smoky but the smokiness isn't too too overwhelming and spicy um i i think as the drink went on um i did kind of like that it was more i think it was more of a like refreshing pairing than like a together pairing if that Mm, makes any sense it It was kind of like the the drink was like like a glass of water in a sense Mm -hmm. um Yeah. yeah i did kind of get as the ice melted, it definitely mellowed down a bit. But I did get a lot of like fruit notes as the pairing went on. Yeah. So if you're like into, I'd say like more fruity flavors, a little bit of like the depth from bread, um, then I would recommend it. But um, it, it's it's very very different from our first pairing, which was more flavor oriented, and yes. flavor forward for sure.
0: I enjoyed the pairing very much. I I thought that the sangria. Your smoky sangria uh, went very well. I mean, obviously, the, the ice melting, you know, toned things, you know, down a little bit as it went on. But it, it really complemented the, the sweetness of the Virginias, and I, I really appreciated that. Um, the tobacco really was, to Nick's point, very consistent. It's got this smoky, oaky flavor, this mm. uh, almost um, clove-like spice to it which went great with the wine in the, in the, uh, drink. Um, and it was really, really good. Um, it's, uh, uh, again, a, a small batch from Cornell and deal. They made 8,000 tins this year. Um, and, uh, once it's gone, it's gone. I know we still have, uh, some here at twins. Um, We're one of their bigger accounts, so we get more than most brick and mortars do. Um, And I'm glad we're able to do that because this stuff is uh, pretty special. And uh, again, I'm still really taken aback by Orlando's first comment that he could tell that this was from Italy uh, by tasting the tobacco, tasting the the terra, as you said, um, uh, in the tobacco, that smoky smoky flavor of the uh, Italian dark fire. is very, very unique and uh, is one of the things that really makes this small batch really stand out. Uh, Next week we're going to be smoking the My Father TAA this year, which is a a new size of the Judge. Mm. The Judge cigar. And uh, for our pipe tobacco review, we're going to go to a classic. Um, uh, We're going to be going to Rattray, and we're going to be doing Marlin Flake. Marlin Flake? Marlin Flake, something uh, that is uh, you know, uh, I know that um, those tobaccos from Germany, like Rattray's, you know, uh, don't make it to the states on any kind of regular basis (laughs) because of all of the problems of getting stuff from there to here. Um, uh, So it's not necessarily the easiest tobacco to find, but it is a Classic pipe tobacco, and I'm excited to try that uh, for next week. And you can follow us to get notified about what's going on. We'll be live again next Monday night at 8 o'clock on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash NJBS podcast. And, of course, we'll notify you, too, on our Instagram, not just blowing smoke. And uh, at this point, I'd like to thank Orlando for being with us and giving us your time. I know family time is really important for you. And to take time out on a Monday night for us, that means a lot. And we'd love to have you back.
1: Yes. Anytime. I, I wish I could do it every every week. <laughs> we'll have to scrape you in or but something. But your wife does not. <laughs> <laughs> this nighttime, this is a time when we put the kids in bed, and I love to do that. Yeah. I read, I I read that to my too. kids every night, so it's a precious time for me. We can well,
3: post up outside your house, and yeah. we can set all the mics up and stuff. <laughs> or oh, you can
1: do it in the morning. <laughs> we can do
4: it from your smoking
1: room. <laughs> Paint. Yeah, <laughs> it, i already have a microphone too so oh, there you <laughs> go it's all set up yeah.
0: we do a podcast too and for baseball too all right well oh, thanks cool. to everybody who's been hanging with us on facebook live tonight and uh this will be edited and put out on Podbean and youtube uh for next monday but uh, until then stay safe stay thankful and stay smoky my friends Bye-bye. absolutely
3: another smoke Thanks, everyone. another day You've been listening
0: to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that's is not just blowing smoke. Rolling with the top
7: down, hoping on a to God.